welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Bonnie Gallum, and I'm excited to have you with me this week. This episode is going to be a bit more personal. It's I'm going to be sharing five things that I'm thankful for right now and give you a little bit of behind the scenes of things that I'm mentally working on, things that I'm working on in the business, and where I've seen a little bit of success this year. And I think it's important this year, probably more than ever, to give thanks and to see what has worked in this business, what's worked in this year, because frankly, for me, it's felt like a lot of things haven't worked. Uh, There's been a lot of struggles with coronavirus, balancing the business, balancing the kids, balancing mental health, and, you know, being away from friends and family, and just things that bring us joy in our day-to-day. And so, what is working and what I am grateful for, I'm excited to share with you guys. Uh, Typically, Thanksgiving in my family is a huge affair. Uh, My dad is one of 11 kids. And so when you factor in my cousins, now a lot of the cousins are having kids. My Thanksgiving is usually like 50, 60 people. It's no joke. And um, I'm not going to go into coronavirus, but needless to say, I don't think anyone thinks 60 people's crammed into like one person's dining room and living room is safe right now. And uh, this year we chose to just keep things very small with my immediately family and my parents. And we probably had as much food as we do when there's 60 people because we all have no chill when it comes to Thanksgiving. But it's different this year. And I feel like the things that I was, you know, grateful for last year are, you know, by and large the same this year, you know, from a personal respect, but it's also just more fundamental than that. Just being thankful for health and for, you know, being able to pay our bills and being able to provide housing for other people and being able to give flexibility. But I want to talk to you guys a little bit more from like a CEO type of perspective of things that I'm grateful this year, shifts that I've made in my business that I've found have helped give me greater success and have just frankly worked. And so the first one that I wanted to talk with you guys about is taking swift action. (laughs) And if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw a recent post of mine where I share that I'm an avid learner. I'm actively studying and will be taking a test for something new. You'll probably hear about that eventually, probably on the gram because that's where I like to hang out the most. But it's frankly, it's a blessing and a curse that I'm constantly absorbing and wanting to learn more things. I've got a book reading list that's, you know, probably could stack it to the moon at this point. And it's, it's like that job interview question where it's like, what's your weaknesses? And you're like, I just want to learn everything. And you know, the employer rolls their eyes or you say you're a perfectionist, but it's truly a, a struggle of mine where it has held me back from taking action, from moving the business forward, from 
moving even just things in my personal life forward because I feel like I need to know everything about everything before I can make a decision. And so this year, I've really challenged myself to just take action. It may be imperfect. It may not work. It may flop, but just test it. Try something new out. If you don't like this paint, fine. If you, you know, you ran Facebook ads and they didn't work, fine. At least you've learned something and you can move forward from it. Because sometimes I feel like we're just, we're so afraid of failure that we end up just doing nothing. And I'm extremely guilty of that. And so one of the things I did this year, frankly, was I sold Landlord Law School. It's something I've been thinking about doing for well over a year before I put it to market. And when I first sold it, it was actually just three sticky notes on my desk, which are still there. And just a rough outline I kind of had in my head of where I saw the program going. But I was like, you know what? I've been thinking about this for so long. Let's just see if it works. And, you know, it did. People said this is something that they wanted. And the same thing with, with real estate is that you sometimes just get held back like, is this the right flip or is this the right rental property or is this the right contract to be working in? I need to, you know, check every, you know, review on Angie's list or every possible review on Home Depot or Amazon's website or whatever to before you can make a decision about anything. And you end up just holding yourself back. These are not really the important decisions you need to make. What you need to do is just make decisions. You need to test. You need to fail. And realizing that on my end has been a a blessing because I was really holding myself back from putting myself out there in new ways in my business. I was staying very much in my comfort zone and it has been such a game changer of me to just take swift action, to not just fly by the seat of my pants. Of course, I'm going to research things, but do I need to have, you know, 26 browser windows open that all kind of say the same thing for me to feel okay, to feel validated about this choice. And so I hope that if you're someone who's like me, where you are constantly seeking new information and another point of view before you take action to make sure it's the perfect action, I want to give you permission to just move on, just make a choice and try it out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's time, it's money, but it's also lessons and then you've learned and nothing, no course, no guru, no article, no YouTube video will ever teach you as much as just putting it out there. And so that's number one, taking swift action. The second thing I'm grateful for this year has also been finding my path. One of the things I did at the um, it was probably the beginning of the summer. I want to say it was in June. I took a Gallup Strengths Finders test, and I can link that in the show notes. But it's a personality assessment. If you've taken DISC or Myers Briggs, it's one of those. But I really like this one because it just has more variations. And yeah, you might be saying, "Okay, Bonnie, there, <laughs> there you are again, uh, saying you ne- you need more info, you need more data." But it truly is more co- you know complicated than just in being an INTP or whatever. There's just more variations. There's something like 30 plus different character traits and they're all ranked from you know one to 32 or however number there are so you can truly see what is your strengths where are your weaknesses so you can make decisions particularly around for me it was around hiring around what i need to be able to move myself forward and so what i saw when i took the Gallup strength finders test was one of my top five strengths was input which is really great for team building. I make people feel like they're part of the process. Everyone gives their voice, but it, it also feeds into that bad thing I was talking about, which is 
feeling the need to know everything and get everyone's approval before I take action. And so this year, I have realized that I was holding myself back because what I wanted to do looked different than what other lawyers have been doing. And for me, that was scary. I was bucking the trends. I was, you know, kind of giving like the big poo-poo to traditional or conventional wisdom in my industry. But I've found the confidence to just put my voice out there fearlessly, even though it is against the grain. And I have felt liberated by that. Because in the end, there's no one way to do law. There's no one right way to do real estate investing. And frankly, anyone who tells you that there is just only one way isn't in it for your true success. They're, they're in it for theirs because they're, they're selling you something that's plug and play. And don't get me wrong. I love a good plug and play because it, it may give you that quick win, but it's not really the place for the higher level stuff. When you have to make those big CEO executive kind of decision making, you need to you need to do that on your own. There is no plug and play. I mean, you can do a plug and play for, you know, maybe a direct mail campaign, but can you truly do a plug and play for like what is the right exit strategy you're going to use in your investing business or what is the right marketing or lead gen strategy to use? Now, once you decide those things, you may work with someone to be able to help you formalize and execute on that strategy. But when we're talking, again, that 10,000 foot level, the higher level stuff, you may not want to do what anyone else has done. And that's okay. I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's okay. And it's really exciting. And if you are trying to still figure out what those goals are, and so you can then take the next steps of what strategies you should be using to reach those goals, then I highly suggest you check out that free module one of Landlord Law School because I go into all that mindset stuff and there's lots of free workbooks and PDF guides for you to use to map this stuff out. And you can access that at bonniegallum.com slash sneak peek. Again, I'll link that in the show notes, but it's bonniegallum.com slash sneak peek. Moving along. I'm thankful for swift action, finding my path and having the confidence to go down it even though it was what I didn't see anyone else doing. But along those lines, I think that confidence came from the third thing that I'm thankful for, which is leaving the real estate investing echo chamber. Now you may be saying, Bonnie, you're telling me this in a real estate investing podcast, but frankly, this podcast is part of that because I felt that no one in our community was applying larger business concepts to what we were doing. We're like, we're some sort of anomaly that general marketing rules or general legal principles or general accounting principles, they, they just don't apply to us. And that's not the case. And so at the beginning of this year, I frankly left a lot of Facebook groups. I left a lot of email lists. And a lot of that was because I could see it was keeping me from taking action. It was holding me back and just keeping me in that learning mode. There was nothing really there that was encouraging me or teaching me or pushing me forward along the path that I wanted to go. And so when I left it, it was like breaking through writer's block. It was just like the heavens opened above and I was able to kind of clear my head of just the fog of like just real estate investing and see what are tried and true business principles. I mean, I'm a business undergrad. I, I know this stuff. I know marketing. I know accounting. And of course, I know the legal stuff now as a lawyer. But I felt that there was just this one track mind and one track of conversation 
in the real estate investing community, I was just like, oh my God, we're in this echo chamber of, you know, us just all patting each other in this, in the back, going through the process the same way, the same way, the same way, and thinking that there's no other ways that, you know, failures because you didn't, you know, follow the the well-worn path. And, it, it it's just not the case. I mean, I I can take my own investing business, my own personal businesses as examples of that. Where I can see is that when I've left that echo chamber, I am able to get greater clarity. And so I want to encourage you guys to do the same. And if you're still, you know, very much in that learning phase, I mean, don't give yourself more than like 30, 60 days to go through a learning phase. If you're there, you're you're there too long. And so you need to execute on whatever you're learning now and and learn something new and move forward. But I want to encourage you to speak with just other business owners, speak with other people who have online businesses, speak with people who have brick and mortar businesses, speak with people who have businesses that have been around for 50 years, speak with people who have family businesses. If you want your real estate investing business to be a family business, things that are passed on from generation to generation. How did you make sure your kids wanted to take over the pizza place? How did you guarantee that when you retired that this accounting firm that you have would be in good hands with your kids or whoever you were selling it to. And so those types of conversations we need to have with not just other real estate investors, because the principles of general business still apply to us. (sighs) Next (laughs) is the abundance mindset. I know I've talked about this in previous episodes because this is something I'm a thousand percent working on constantly, but it's like that seven step program where the first step is acknowledging you have a problem. And I definitely have a scarcity mindset problem. It's like, I want to save myself to riches instead of earn myself into riches. And I have just tons and tons of mind trash around money. And in many ways, I'm truly afraid of my own success and tend to keep myself small, uh, tend to hold myself back because like the afraid of like, what if it does work? I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but it's like where you really, really want to get from point A where you are now to Z, but you convince yourself that like you're incapable of the steps to get you there, that it's just too big. It's just too hard. Um, there's you know not enough money. There's not enough time. You've got small kids. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had that mind trash go through your head, but it's something that I have struggled with. But now that it's something that I'm aware of, I feel like I can check myself on it better. Um, But it's something I wanted to discuss with you guys as well, because if you're stuck in that rut, I want to say I'm with you. I am with you on that. Uh, Sometimes it just feels easier to play small so you don't get hurt. And sometimes you're playing small because you think you can't. And I hear it a lot, not only in my own head, but also in conversations I've had with clients and students and just other investors I've gotten to know over the years, especially new ones where they think things like there's not enough houses out there for me to get started, or it's too competitive, or there's already big players in my area, or it's too late to get started. I'm too old or I'm too young (laughs) or all the good deals are already gone. My market's changed too much or there's too many investors out there. I won't be successful. I, I know I've said these things and I've had to check myself. 
Um, and so if you're saying these things as well, I want you to know that these are all fear-based and they're not founded in any sort of reality. I also see it come up and form, frankly, toxic relationships in business where like, you're worried you've partnered with someone and you feel that like this guy is going to come out ahead of me, that the agreement's not going to be fair or he's going to undercut me and I'm going to lose out on it. Or if I let this pen, you know, tenant pay late rent you know, this month, I'm showing weakness and they're going to take advantage of me going forward. And it, it it's just so founded in fear and it holds us back. It It's also just a mental drain and totally irrelevant to like the big important decisions we actually need to reach our goals. Like giving a tenant leeway one month is not going to make or break your ability to create generational wealth, period, full stop. And so we need to focus on the big picture and the fact that there is enough out there for all of us. There's enough to go around. I I really truly felt this with my law firm when I first got started where I I think I did like a Google search. I was just like real estate lawyers near me and the Google map just like lights up like fire with all the little red dots all over the place. And I'm like, well, is anyone going to want to work with me? There's already all these people out there. I was 28 years old when I started my firm and I was just like, you know what? All these guys are already out there. There's there's no one that's going to want to work with me. And maybe I should just throw in the towel. It was maybe um, three months into the business. I just really felt that I was, even though I was getting clients, don't get me wrong. At this point, I was getting cold clients, people who never heard of me or people that just knew me through my personal life. They were hiring me, but I still felt I'm like, it's not going to work out for me. There's too many other people out there. And I've proven myself wrong. <laughs> and I think that's basically been the only way that I've been able to break through and acknowledge that I've had this scarcity mindset is that it's been proven wrong. Um, and I'm really grateful for that realization this year because I think I would have fallen into that trap if I didn't just slow down and look at the numbers and look at the the reality of what is happening in my business and that it it is working. It is growing. It is um, there's there's no limit out there. I'm not stealing clients from so-and-so to have them come to me. And you're not stealing houses from so-and-so. There's enough to go around. There is so much in our industry that we don't have to worry about any, what anyone else is doing. We just have to execute on our own and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And so the last thing that I want to talk with you guys about that I'm grateful for this year is about stepping into my role as CEO of my businesses. And this one, and it's the last one, is probably my favorite because it's just, it's totally changed the way I think. And it plays into really everything else that I've discussed with you guys today, which is, you know, finding the confidence to take swift action and finding my path and my voice, even though it's not what I've seen anyone else do frankly and leaving the echo chamber and protecting my time has all fallen into my realization that I need to act as the CEO of my business and it's changed the way I run my business it's changed the way I plan out my goals it's changed the way I plan out my days and what tasks I need to be doing if you haven't done a time study do a time study um and I really really just want you to realize that when you're the CEO you have 
certain value to your time. And I think I'm going to do a whole episode coming up soon on time uh, valuation because it's just that important. And I think I get that a bit more because as a real estate attorney, even though I flat rate, we have this culture of the billable hour, that this is how much an hour of my time is worth. And if you worked with an attorney and you've had to give them a retainer, you've seen that they bill you at, you know, three, four, five hundred $500 an hour. More if you're talking, you know, LA, New York, the greater metro areas of those areas definitely run even more than that. But my thought is, is if I'm not earning $400 an hour, it's not an activity I should be doing. It's something that I should be hiring someone else to do because I need to be doing the $400 an hour tasks. And so what I started doing is, you know, first hiring out the $15 an hour tasks and then the $50 an hour tasks and then the $100 an hour tasks. So that way I get to do more of the $400 an hour tasks that only I as the CEO of my business can do. And so I want you to do the same thing in your real estate investing business. I, not only do I want you to reframe yourself as a real estate entrepreneur, and if you haven't listened to episode one, go back and listen to that. But I want you to be the CEO of your entrepreneurial venture because when you're the CEO, it totally changes the perception of time, the perception of money, the perception of the day-to-day activities and what is truly important. Nothing prioritizes your time more than you saying, my time is worth $1,000 an hour and anything that isn't generating that is not something I'm going to do. Now, granted, in your business, there may not be something that is worth $1,000 an hour, but what is something that truly brings in and grows your business. Chances are that's the marketing, it's the networking, it's the finding the lenders, finding the properties, deal sourcing. And there's pieces of that that don't have to be done by you. You don't have to make you know the cold calls. You don't have to be the one printing and stuffing envelopes, but you're the one who needs to come up with that strategy. And then you have other people execute on it. And then that's when you multiply your time. I mean, they always say like Beyonce only has 24 hours a day, in a day. But I'm like, you know what? Beyonce has a lot of freaking people who work for her. And so I want you to be that way too, whether it's VAs in the Philippines or it's your friend who's willing to partner with you or JV just to learn from you. I want things off your plate. And getting things off my plate this year has been the only thing that has allowed me to grow because I've had friends who frankly are, I'll say employees, and there's nothing wrong with this, but they say, Bonnie, how do you have a law firm, an online course business, a podcast, two small kids at home, a seven figure real estate investing business? How do you do it all? And the answer is I don't. I'm the CEO of all of those things. And shifting into that role is what allows me to also just have those multiple revenue streams. I don't want all my birds in one basket or eggs in the basket. What's the, what's the metaphor there? But you get what I'm saying is that we can't just, we can't be everything to everyone. We can't be the general contractor and the marketer and the property manager and all of those things. And we want to scale. You can surely do that if your goal is just to have one real estate investing, you know, uh, property. But if you want more than that, you're going to have to start thinking about building out the SOPs, building out the team, because SOPs are really fun to make and it feels like you're being really productive. But if it's just for you and your knowledge how to do it, 
you're not really leveraging it. The goal of the SOP is so that someone else can do it. And so with that, as a recap, the things that I'm grateful for this year has been learning how to take swift action, finding my path and my voice and fearlessly following it, leaving the freaking echo chamber that is rampant in this industry that we only listen to other real estate people on how to do real estate work. Next, finding and channeling the abundance mindset, realizing when that scarcity mindset voice is coming in and holding me back. And then finally, being the CEO, realizing that all of the mindset stuff, all of the strategy stuff, that is where the money is. And so being able to slowly peel off like an onion, all of the extraneous work, all of the extraneous tasks that are not leveraging my value to this fullest ability has been able to allow me to explode. And so the with that, I am going to wrap this episode up. I would be remiss if I didn't express that I was also thankful to you, my listeners. I have had a lot of fun with this platform. I realize I'm not as consistent as I would like to be right now, um, but it's it's all with the flow. And I have given myself the grace and the forgiveness to just show up, to show up imperfectly and just to keep putting that one step in front of the other. And I hope you do the same. Wishing you all happy holidays and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.